Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1013. Shaking the tree around you enough to see what's really there. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mitch Katz. Hey, Mitch, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to do it. All right. Mitch Cass is the founder and CEO of Premier Financial Services, located in Woodbury, Connecticut. Back in 1997, he transformed the leasing industry with the introduction of the Simple Lease and Early Termination Program. This allows the exotic and luxury car consumer to pay off or trade their vehicles at any time, providing flexibility of financing and the tax benefits of leasing. Mitch's love of the automobile began at a very early age, and that passion continues today. He loves the driving experience of vintage and exotic cars, and you'll find him on the road in his 1965 Alfa Romeo, participating in numerous vintage rallies, including the Colorado Grand, Going to the Sun, and the Copper State 1000. He also coordinates the annual Premier Financial Services Vintage Rally. So Mitch, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure. Thank you, and I appreciate your interest in our business and myself. Yes. um, I've been in the leasing business since actually 1979 uh, when I first got involved in specializing in exotics and vintage cars since shortly after that. In 1997, as you said, we started Premier Financial Services and wanted to be able to offer people an opportunity to take advantage of the tax benefits of leasing, but not be locked into a contract as was so common and and is still common with leases, but to give them the flexibility to be able to get in and out. And we created, as um, you had mentioned previously, the, the simple lease. And as a result of that, we've, you know, built a business that focuses primarily on exotics, both contemporary, new and pre-owned, as well as vintage, and have become the nation's largest independent, you know, in this field. For me, it's wonderful because I love being around people and I love being around cars and the art of the deal on a, on a daily basis. And, and that's what I get to do, um, both in the office and then out at events, um, go to all the major events and going out on vintage car rally. So it's really just been a delight for me to find an industry that checked all the boxes for me. Well, you discovered the secret sauce to life, and that's what Cars Yeah is all about. People who've wrapped their passion for automobiles into their businesses. And you've done it in a really spectacular way. I've known of your company for a long, long time. And I love the fact that you've opened up or you did open up the doorway for those of us who love classic cars to that leasing program if we choose to go that way. Because for so long, it wasn't really an option. It was only with new cars. You really couldn't do it. And all the flexibility that your program offers fanatics like me and all the Cars Yeah listeners is greatly appreciated. As we continue on your journey, though, I'd like to start with a success quote or a mantra. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Mitch take the wheel. I think my most inspirational quote is and, and mantra combined is, yes, we can. Um, mm. as, as a business, I always find it frustrating as an individual when I call a business and they tell me all the reasons why they can't do something that I'm looking to do. 
So our <laughs> mantra here has always been that, yes, we can, you know, and yes, we can means doing things out of the ordinary, such as a client calling us and telling us they want to do a 1031 exchange with their lease vehicle. Well, nobody had ever done that prior to this. Um, they'd done it in individual cases, but not when there was a leasing company involved. So we said, well, let's, you know, let's speak to the attorneys and see if we can't make this happen for you. And we've been able to successfully do that on several occasions. Um, now with the new tax laws, in effect, 1031s are no longer valid for automobiles. But it was one of those areas where we really stepped outside the box in order to get something like that done. Yeah. We've been able to purchase vehicles for lease through um, that were in Europe and bring them into the States. Many different occasions come up on a daily basis where someone asks us to do something that is not within the norm. We love the opportunity to try to figure out how to get that done, to say, yes, we can do that. Just give us a moment to figure it out. Yes, we can. I wish that was on every company's phone. Uh, You can't tell you how many times I've called a company for services or goods. And yes, you're right. You always hear all the excuses, reasons why they can't. It's like, I'm not really interested in that. I want to know how you can do it. So uh, that's an awesome uh, mantra to have. I love it. Well, let's go back in time here and talk about your passion for cars. I know you have a beautiful white Alpha. It's just a gorgeous car, but Go back further in time and tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy. Well, for me, that started really early. Um, Literally, I would walk down the street with my mother when I was three years old, and I would stop, you know, at every car I would see and say, hey, that's a, you know, 19 whatever and, you know, 1970 uh, Pontiac or 1960 Pontiac and tell her what model it was. And that's a Cadillac. And I knew the year and model. And so I've always had an interest in cars. I'm not particularly a gearhead, as that term can mean a lot of different things, but I've always liked cars, was always interested in driving nice cars and being around cars. So yeah. it's it started early, and I was just very fortunate to be able to get into a, a business quite by accident where I get to be around these incredible motor vehicles on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, very, very fortunate indeed. I think uh, all of us Gearheads, as you say, or whatever you want to call us, have that motor oil running through our veins. I think it <laughs> yes. starts in starts in the DNA somewhere way, way, way there back there. And it's great when our parents support that, too. My dad was always one and my mom to say, yeah, let's go to a car show or go ahead. Let's, let's go learn or go look at the new cars or whatever it is so they support that spirit so that we can carry it forward. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your business. And these are really important lessons that we learn from these challenging times. So walk us through one of yours and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business, your career, and your life. Well, I would say the biggest challenge that I have faced since we started Premier was 2008 through 2010 with the um, financial downturn. Um, we, I'd been in the business for quite a while, but we had never experienced a recession that was as deep as this one. We typically have very few defaults, and all of a sudden, we were getting back a lot more cars and a lot of defaults. And the deficiencies were greater because dealers weren't selling cars, so they were only buying cars that they could buy at very right prices. Mm-hmm. went on for about a year and a half or two years, and we were able to sustain it. Because in spite of the recession, you know, our underwriting policies 
kept us in a position where we still had revenue coming in and mm. we were able to get rid of the vehicles that came back and continue to do business and sustain the you know we we did have to make changes and there was certainly a lot that was learned from this period about you know expenses and what's necessary and what's not in run, in running a successful business on a daily basis absolutely you know this is a really important thing cuz i hear this from a lot of my more let's say seasoned guess people that like you and I, they're somewhat in the same age bracket, that uh, there are these ups and downs. And for young people out there that have never experienced something that severe, uh, they kind of think, oh, this is the way life's always going to be. And then they get kind of walloped in the side. So what's a good takeaway lesson you might share with maybe a younger listener who's not experienced what you and I have experienced? And you can go all the way back to the 70s and then again in the 80s and in the 90s. And of course, the 0708, that was a really, really tough one. But the others were tough, too. So what's a good takeaway you could suggest to someone in business to to be prepared, to be ready for when that day does come? Because it probably will. For the first 10 years of Premier, from 1997 to 2007, it was just a straight ride. Every year it got better and better. And business grew and rather rapidly to where we were doing very large numbers in 2007. And even having been around business and in business for a while, it's easy to lose track that it doesn't go on forever. To that you really do the old adage of planning for saving for a rainy day. The sun will not always shine. Business will not always be this good. And and when it hit, I can't say that I hadn't been through it before, but again, not to that extreme. Yes. So my advice is the same old advice that my parents gave me is, you know, save for a rainy day. You know, don't mm-hmm. um, don't assume it's always going to be good because yeah. that's not the case. Even now, you know, I have concerns. The economy is good, but it's been a long ride since the last recession, and there's bound to be a turnaround. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for that in both your cash reserves and in the amount of employees and where you're spending your money. Yeah, always stay lean, live and operate below your means so you can set some aside. It's pretty basic stuff, but... Unfortunately, a lot of people just don't think that way, or they're told by all the TV commercials, just finance it, just finance it. <laughs> and uh, Before you know it, you finance too much, and uh, you're upside down when things go south. So great, very good advice. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. And maybe that we touched on it earlier when I introduced you talking about your simple lease and early termination program, but tell us about your career aha moment. Well, there's been a couple of aha moments. I think the very first one that I recall is I had been involved in another leasing business. I had I had started it. I was a partner there. Because of some personality conflicts, they bought out my interest. But I stayed involved with them, you know, for a while, and and I was unhappy. And a dear friend of mine said to me, I was looking to do something else and go into a different business, and he said to me, Hey, Mitch, have you shaken the tree around you enough to see what's really there. And I had to, you know, I had to pull back and and really think about what he was saying to me. Have I really given this industry my best effort? Was there more that I can do that I haven't done? And that propelled me to decide, okay, it's time to make a clean break here and start my own business where I have complete control over what happens on a daily basis. And that led me to creating the Simple Lease program. 
And what the simple lease is, is we give out an amortization schedule with every lease. So people know where they stand at any given time, what the balance is on the lease. We do charge a fee, which is written into the lease as well. So everything is in black and white. It's not a method of depreciating the vehicle. It's simply a method of how to figure out what you owe. People up till that point did not really lease exotic cars to any great extent because they don't like to stay in them for long term. They want to have the freedom to get in and out, and leases didn't afford that freedom. But when you add an amortization schedule to the picture, all of a sudden, it's okay. This is just like a balloon note finance, except it's a lease and they get the tax benefits as well. And by not earning our full profit over a shorter period of time, as most leasing companies did, by prorating that, people had that flexibility. And as a result, they would come back to us. And that's proven true today. Over 50% of our portfolio and customers have been with us at one time or another previously. Wow. Well, that's a huge testament to the way you treat people, how the program works, and uh, repeat business. That's the most important kind of business, those customers for life, if you will. If you go back to a great book by Carl Sewell, who wrote, he was a great uh, car dealer, I think, in the Southwest, but um, very, very important. Yeah, I think my takeaway from this whole thing is what your friend told you. Have you shaken that tree? Uh, oftentimes when we're in a state of, of uh, not confusion, but we're not quite sure what to do, go to a trusted friend, a mentor, somebody who can give you a different perspective and ask you the hard questions. And boy, if he hadn't said that to you, where would you be today? I don't know. I'm sure you'd be successful, but you may not be doing what you're doing now with your own business. No, chances are I would have went in a different direction, um, in a different industry, and, and and not doing something that I enjoy as much as I do. Um, you there know, you go. One, one of the other things was realizing that when I call a business, I want to be treated a certain way. And how do we start a, our own business where we treat people that way? And yeah. coming to the understanding that if I treat my employees the right way and teach them what it is that we want to convey, then that will pass through. You know, if I don't treat them this way, then it won't won't happen going forward. So, you know, what we do here is we offer concierge service. As little as something may be, it could be a problem with a parking ticket um, or as large as it may be. When you call here, a live person answers the phone every time and we find out what it is that you need and somebody will, you know, gladly take on whatever that is. And yeah, exactly. We, you know, we feel that that is what it takes to be successful in a customer service business. Well, especially in the high-end services that you provide to your type of clientele. What comes to mind is Sir Richard Branson's comment that your most important asset are not your customers, your employees, your your associates, Correct. because they're the ones that keep your customers happy. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a silly notion, but so many companies really don't see that. They don't empower their employees to take care of the customers the way that they might personally. I always shake my head, but um, hopefully more and more people are learning. And that book that I recommended, or I suggested, Carl Sewell's book, I'll, I'll suggest that to all the listeners out there. If you want to operate a business in a way that gets a customer to come back, Customers for Life is the title of that book. It's a great book. I read it over a decade ago. A great book to read about how to operate a business. Well, let's go back in time again here, uh, Mitch, and talk about your first really special car. That first car that you got that had a great meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Well, the very first car that I had was a 1964 Pontiac Le Mans that was handed down to me from my uncle. 
and it sat in the driveway for quite a while because it didn't run. And we, we, we finally got it running, and you know, and I was able to enjoy a short period of time with that until I came across a 1965 Barracuda. Oh. Um, and then I was, that was it. I was done. I had to have the Barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved it, and I bought it, and within, I think, the first six months, the engine was done. And oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, I decided to, as long as I was going to have to replace the engine, I might as well put something bigger in. I put a, I believe we put a 318 in it, and the car was just a money pit. You know, I know you asked for good memories, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there were a few, you know, a few, yeah. a few good times with the car, but for the most part, it was more of a lesson learned about being more careful about what you buy and and not buying strictly on passion, but researching yeah. and making sure you have somebody look at look at a car correctly and do all the right things before you pull the trigger just because you look at it and you fall in love. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you hit on two things here. Back in the mid-60s, I was about six, seven years old, and I remember going to look for a new car with my parents, and we looked at the Barracuda, which was a ridiculous mm-hmm. car for a family. It was a two-door, but I right. will never forget being at the dealership at night. My sister and I crawled into the back, that huge back window of that 65 mm-hmm. Barracuda, and looking up at the stars and going, yeah, mom and dad, this is the car we want to get. And of course, my dad's going, this is cool. And my mom's what are we looking at this thing for? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and you know what we ended up getting? You're going to laugh at this. Uh, this car you mentioned, the, the Le Mans, uh, the Pontiac Le Mans, instead- yep which ended up being the absolute worst car my parents ever had, except for their Audi 100 LS, which was equally horrible. And uh, and my dad, I remember after a year, that car was in the shop more times than it was on the road. He finally took it back and he said, you shouldn't have called this a Le Mans. You should call it a Le Mans, Le Mans, Lemon, because he said, this car is horrible. I don't want any more. And they traded it in for an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. But ah, both those cars, you touched on some memories there for me, Mitch. Thank you for bringing those. Well, back. well I, and, I, and I do remember, you know, one of my good memories with the Barracuda was, as you said, you know, laying in the back um, on a, yeah. you know, a car camping trip with my girlfriend and, you know, having yeah. that big, big skylight window above you. And Oh, yeah, so, so yeah. The, it, it was a fun car. And, it, and when it drove, it drove well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle, obviously not those, but is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? Well, I was fortunate. About two years ago, I decided I had had my Alpha, and I, it's a 65 Alpha Spider, Julia Spider Veloce. And I had had it about 10 years at that point, 11 years. And there's limited times when you can drive the car living in the Northeast. Um, you can't drive it in the winter. You can't drive it if it's too hot. You can't drive it if it's too cold. You can't drive it if it's too wet or snowy out. And I thought, maybe I'll get something that's a little more practical, but still a lot of fun. And I, I bought a Boxster S. And I called a friend of mine who's a dealer, and I sold him the Alpha. And he knew the car. He and I had done a rally in the car together. And I said... If I really regret this, he said, yeah, you call me. We'll, we'll work it out. So I get the Boxster S, and I have it for probably about eight weeks, and I put almost a 1,000 miles on it. And one day while I was driving, it occurred to me, this is just like having another daily driver. You know, I push a button, the windows go down, it has heated seats, the top goes down with the button, it's got Bluetooth. There's all these distractions that you don't get with a vintage car. 
It's like, go back to the office and I get online and see my friend's dealership website and there's my car and it never looked better. The pictures were great, cleaned up <laughs> incredibly well. The write-up was made it sound like the best car ever. And I called him up and he said, sure, you can have it back if you want. You know, nice. I spent, I spent a few dollars on maintenance and cleanup and, yeah. and I have shipping back and forth to the West Coast. So, you know, I like to say, it. you know, I spent a few dollars sending it to the spa for, for a little while. Oh, that's and, a nice way to say it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and my wife said, you're never allowed to sell that car again. Oh, smart and lady. Got the car back, got rid of the box duress. And so I, I've been fortunate. I did have a car that I regret letting go and I was lucky enough to get it back. You and were. It's just something, something very different about driving an older car. There's a meditative state that kind of happens when I'm driving, when there's no distractions. There's no radio. I'm listening to the road. And there's also the, on a day-to-day basis, not knowing what can happen. You know, something's <laughs> yeah. bound to happen. It almost always does when I take it out. Yeah. And, and that's just part of the fun of the whole experience. Well, you know who comes to mind is the past cars, yeah, I guess, Keith Martin, who, of course, uh, sports car market, loves the Alphas, and uh, that's a guy who drives his cars all year round, doesn't matter. I mean, he takes them out in the snow, and he just, you know, but I had his daughter on my show, and she cracked me up because she talked about the trials and tribulations of having a dad who drives an Alpha all the time. She said, you never even knew if you got to, if you could get to school on time. (laughs) And, and that's that's the truth. You know, yeah, my car yeah. has a tendency not to start, and we we've been not able to figure out why. We've taken yeah. everything apart, rebuilt the electrical system numerous times, the starter, and every you know, every <laughs> once in a while you turn the key and there's a ghost in the car. Yeah, you, you mentioned Keith Martin. He he and I actually did a rally together. He joined me in my car nice. um, on the Colorado Grand um, ah. a few years back, and and we we had a blast. He's a, a funny guy and very well now. You know, knows everybody and, and yep. great understanding of, of Alpha. So it was a lot of fun. Well, maybe that starting problem is because it needs a little espresso. So you can just pour a little espresso <laughs> down the carb in the morning to get that thing fired up. You yeah, know, you know that, that may be. I, I actually, we had some warm weather about a month ago and I hadn't started it in four months. I had to crank it eight or 10 times, but it actually started up and I was able to take it out and drive it for about 20 miles. And so you never know. It's after driving it for 20 miles that it tends to not start. Yeah, well, fair weather friend, but uh, I'm sure eventually you'll find the right mechanic who will figure that out. I did that with a Porsche I had for a long time. I I had taken it to three different mechanics. Nobody could figure out what was wrong. Finally took it to uh, a guy up here who used to work in Porsche racing as a mechanic, and he took it for a a drive. Within two minutes, he knew exactly what was wrong, and uh, it was the throttle bodies. So he had to replace those, and he goes, you know, you were only getting like 70% horsepower out of this car. When I picked that car up, I thought he'd put a new engine in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd gone through the electronics. We'd gone through everything. I mean, he spent all this money, and, yeah, he knew. So you'll you'll eventually find the real reason. Or maybe th- you just have a fair-weather car. That could be it, too. So. <laughs> could be. You know, whatever it is, I love the car. It's it's the yeah. favorite of car that I've ever had. And it just it makes me smile when I look at it in my garage. I yeah, love the gorgeous. way it looks. I love driving it. it it's just a, a fun car to have. It handles well. It's it's lightweight. It's and when I've been on rallies, it's it's done really well. You know, I've taken yeah, exactly. it on half a dozen long long rallies. In fact, I'm going to the New England 1000 again at the end of May with, with it. And you know, I just look uh, forward to spending a week driving nothing but that car. 
Very, very nice. I'll remind our listeners, if you want to see a little glimpse of this car, go to Mitch's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Got a great picture of him standing next to this little Italian beauty. So uh, check it out at CarsYow.com. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you really excited about Premier Financial Services this year? And and maybe touch a little bit on your uh, vintage rally that you put on. Well, right now, Premier Financial Services, we, um, we're doing very well. Business has been really good as the economy has been good, and it goes hand in hand. And we are doing something very special. We are in the process of converting the company into an ESOP, an employee stock-owned plan, oh, cool. where the employees will actually, over a period of time, be the owners of the company. So they will all have a vested interest in this business, and I won't just be mine anymore. And for me, that that's helping to fulfill a dream of this being an ongoing entity. You know, should I decide to retire in five years that I don't have to shut the business down or I don't have to sell the business, that the people who have worked so hard to help me build it will mm-hmm. be here and be able to sustain the business on an ongoing basis. So that's something that's really exciting, both for me and um, my associates here, where everybody is looking forward and working diligently towards that, which should happen shortly. Now, what about your vintage rally? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, annually, um, I get together with, usually it's no more than four or five friends of mine. They, We all have an old car of some sort, or some guys have lots of old cars, and they pick different car every year. And we'll go out through New England for two or three nights. We'll map out a route. Usually the route is around nice hotels. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we know we want to drive a couple hundred miles a day and we want to be off the highways. So we'll pick a couple of different locations and then map it out and find routes that we think will be interesting with nice stops along the way. Sometimes it might be Hemmings we'll stop at, or there might be a mountain drive that you can go up and, you know, take the car up and things along those lines. And then stop in in a nice town somewhere and spend the night, have a nice meal. Oftentimes we'll go out and hear music and just drive for basically, you know, three days and, you know, cover five, six hundred miles. And it's just an annual thing that we started doing. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not the same as the organized rallies that I also participate in because you don't have as many people. But, you know, as a result, you tend to get nicer meals and nicer hotels as well. (laughs) Very nice. Sounds like a fantastic thing. A great idea for anybody out there that has friends that have, you know, you're, you're getting my juices going here. I've got enough friends in this area that we could put something like that on and uh, plan a two or three day trip. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. And even even if you only have two or three cars, it works and it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Mitch. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? You know, for years when people ask me, you know, what I think is the best car, quote unquote, and I would have to say this, this would answer the question for me. It's a Porsche. You know, a 911 of some sort, uh, possibly a 356. I mean, they're reliable, they're fast, they're precision machines, they're attainable. To me, it's just, you know, it encompasses everything that I would want to be if I were a car. There you go. I love it. My listeners know I'm a huge fan of Porsche, so uh, that makes great sense to me. Well, Mitch, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yow listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, 
through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ReadyFit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ReadyFit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYA at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Mitch, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Do not buy a car with your heart. <laughs> now, I've heard from another guest just the opposite. <laughs> so <laughs> let me uh, have you elaborate a little bit on that. What do you mean by that? Because because these cars are so passionate for us. What are you talking about, Mitch? <laughs> well, you know, th- that answer kind of goes both ways. You want to love what you're buying, but you need to be careful what you're buying, that it is what you think it is. And, you know, and that's not always the case. And, you know, oh, yeah. I've, made them, I've, made, I've had that happen both ways, where I've bought cars using my heart, and it was a disaster. Uh-huh. And then I bought my Alpha using my heart, and it's been, you know, the best car I've ever owned. So, yeah, but I, I think I know what you mean by this. And I, I always, my listeners heard this before. If you're going to go buy a classic car, vintage car, this doesn't really count for new cars, so leave them out of it. Take a friend, a trusted friend, and when you get there, look at him or her and say, Talk me out of this, right? Because they they will they will <laughs> wipe away the red mist that you have the minute you get out and look at that. When you you don't notice all the rust holes, you don't notice right. the leaking oil, the smoke. So yeah, bring a trust trusted friend. They they'll save you. <laughs> you, sh- you should be passionate about what you're buying, but you're exactly right. You know, just because it's the car you think you want, that may not be the right one. Yeah, and don't call and don't call Keith Martin to talk you out of it. No, 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 not Keith. <laughs> oh, gosh, you'll end up with a garage full of alphas. Oh my goodness! Sorry, Keith. We're just poking some fun at you because we love you. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Yes, I'm a I'm a runner. Several days a week, I'm I'm out running, and it it 
allows me time to be with myself and with, you know, in my own head and um, just get clarity on what's going on in my life. I don't listen to music when I run. I don't have headphones on. It's just me and whatever's going on around me. And it's really been something that both gives me physical energy and mental energy and, and as I said, clarity. There you go. So Perfect. Exercise. Yeah. Yes. Very important. Now, is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you particularly enjoy? There's several that I enjoy. I always like Haggerty's information that they put out on their newsletters and on their website. I like Sports Car Market. It's a magazine, one of the magazines that I will read cover to cover. The website VinWiki. Mm, um, yes. I've been enjoying watching their YouTube videos. Ed Bowley tells some very funny and interesting stories. Yeah, great resources, all those. Of course, I mentioned Keith's been a guest here on the show. So is Mikhail Haggerty and many of his very fine associates from Haggerty uh, Collect Car Insurance and Boat Insurance, of course. So great companies. And VinWiki, that's another great one, too. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would you like to sit down with and talk? He's not in the automotive industry per se, but he's in the automotive arena, and that would be Jerry Seinfeld. I'd love to ah. do comedians in cars getting coffee with him in my alpha. <laughs> yeah, that would um, be fun. And, and I, in fact, did get a call several years ago that he was interested in an alpha. You know, would they be able to borrow mine? From a, this is from a mutual dealer friend, and mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea because at the time the car really was not starting very well. <laughs> well, uh, he's but, but he's I, had a I would few, love few to cars. Do an episode. Yeah, he's had a few cars on that show that broke down while they were driving, if I remember right. But uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I I would love to get him on this show. He's very hard to nail down, though. Yeah. But um, yeah, it would be fun. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed? You think our listeners would learn some things from? There was, you know, two books that came to mind when I when I thought about that. One is Danny Meyer who is a restaurateur from New York City in the Union Square Cafe, I believe was his first you know, known uh, restaurant and now has a, a group of restaurants. And he wrote a book called Setting the Table in which he really talks about his ideas and philosophy on customer service and, mm. and dealing with employees. And it was I found it to be very helpful. And the other book that I really liked was called Fish, you know, a remarkable way to boost morale and improve results. Oh. And it's about a, a group in um, Seattle at the market of fishmongers, and <laughs> yeah. they they sell fish in the market and how they were able to grow this business by engaging people and by keeping their employees' morale boosted. And again, oh. a very very interesting read. Great. Oh, I love the fact that you recommended two new books here because uh, my past one thousand and. Twelve guests here have all recommended great books, and those are two new books here. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Mitch Shono's page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Mitch Katz, K-A-T-Z. That page will pop up, and there's a great place on the site called Guest Recommended Books, where these two books and all the great recommendations by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an amazing resource for great learning both car books and business books like these. All right, Mitch, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to allow you to only have one collector car in your garage, but the key is I'm going to buy it for you. But you have to keep it, you have to drive it, but I know you're a driver, so I'm I'm counting on you there. But money is no object, so what's it going to be and why? I would buy, um, I would have a Ferrari 330 GTS. Ooh. Um, to me, that's always the 275, 330, 365 GTS series. And, you know, for me, it was always the best-looking Ferrari ever made. 
also one of the best driving cars. The 330 in particular, they only made 100 of them. So it's a very limited car with you know huge upside as far as collectability. But more important to me is, is the drivability of the car. And um, it's just a fabulous driving car. I, I always love the Pininfarina body stylings, um, the comfort of the car, um, the 12-cylinder. You start that engine, hear that roar. and So yeah, that, that's the car I would have. Oh, and that Colombo V12. Oh, four-liter engine, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you're not going to make it easy for me today, are you? So uh, <laughs> I, I, I better get to work. What? Just so I get you the right one, what color would you like? Light blue. I forget what oh, they okay. call that in Ferrari terminology, but there's a light blue, light metallic blue with a, a dark blue or a black interior. Nice, nice. Excellent choice. Very classy, wonderful car. Oh, man, would that be fun driving on some of those rallies and tours that you attend? Well, Mitch, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I'm so happy that you're a guest here on Cars Yow. Finally got you on board. And uh, I'd like to ask you if you could share one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into that New England sunset in that 330 GTS. You know, again, I go back to things that I heard as a child, you know, about treating people with respect on a daily basis. And, you know, that just comes back every time. And that's how we treat our business and our clients and our employees that, you know, they are the most important is the employees. And we want them to treat our clients a certain way. And we have to treat them that way, that we care about them. And I think that's extremely important. The old golden rule. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Premier Financial Services? Uh, premierfinancialservices.com is our website, and there's plenty of information about us and a lot of interesting blogs about vehicles. We're constantly updating um, with new stories about new cars that are coming out and model masterpieces and interviews with people like McKeel Haggerty and their thoughts on the industry and other things. And So there's plenty of information there, or you can always call us at 203-267-7700 and We'll be happy to speak to you. Now, do you have a uh, a blog that people can subscribe to so you, you send them regular uh, reports in, to some of these articles? We do. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website, and you would receive a, a newsletter from us bi-monthly, and then on the opposing months, you would get a branded interview with people like Mikhail Haggerty. There you go. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Mitch's show notes page. Again, just go to carsyad.com. Type in Mitch or Mitch Katz. That page will pop up. I would encourage you to subscribe to Premier Financial Services. It's a great way to stay in touch with the industry. Great people they get involved with. It's uh, bring a smile to your uh, inbox when it shows up every month. Mitch, thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your business and experiences with the Cars yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, 
Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.